For NYUpInSyracuse.com, from New Era Field, I am Matt Perino, and I'm joined today by John Scott from Spectrum News. We just watched the season finale of the regular season, and likely the last game in this stadium this season for the Buffalo Bills, uh, a disappointing 13-6 loss, but it was mostly backups. And we're not going to talk a lot about that, but I want to talk a little bit about that because I almost felt we're big basketball fans. Yeah. I almost felt like this was a kind of like a futures game. You know, a lot of rookies on both sides of the ball getting a little bit of action. And I wanted to get, you know, first of all, who was your top takeaway from maybe a performance today that maybe bodes well for the future? It's got to be Duke Williams, and I know that's music to everyone's ears. We know we both did stories on him leading into this game, knowing that he was going to get some serious action, that he's this infectious, it's an unbelievable thing. I, I, I just, I, I, in six years of covering this team, you see some of these storylines and guys kind of rise up through the preseason, mm -hmm. like a Brandon Riley or other players like that who, who Bill's Mafia latches on to, but Duke Williams is unlike anything I've seen again in the six years I've covered this team, and I think a lot of it has to do with he's actually on the active roster and producing when he gets those opportunities. It wasn't necessarily surprising. They only dressed three wide receivers, so really who else is there to throw the football to? But he produced once again. I asked point blank after the game. I said, were you looking at this as an opportunity to show you deserve to be active not only in this somewhat of a fourth preseason-esque feel of a game in the regular season, but in the postseason? And he said, yes, I don't think it's going to go that far. But I think he continues to make a case beyond 2019 mm -hmm. to be in the fold, and we will see what sort of place he has in the wide receiver competition entering next season because I anticipate they will once again make upgrades there. Sean McDermott always likes to leave his options open so he was asked after the game uh, does this merit consideration for potentially and he said absolutely it merits consideration but it will be interesting to see because what happens is special teams have to be considered and you're looking at uh, Robert Foster who's been actually a really good surprise in terms of his ability to be a special teams gunner. Uh, for me, my big standout of the day, Jaquan Johnson, he, he, he might have made the most spectacular play of the game that ended up not being uh, a play, an interception off of Sam Darnold, who again uh, looked very, very... Uh, bad. bad. There's yeah. no other way to put it. He looked bad. It was underwhelming. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll be a little bit more uh, political about it. But, you know, I think that Josh Allen's 20, uh, and we can actually transition to that, not to t talk too much about Jaquan Johnson, but I asked Lorenzo Alexander uh, after the game, you know, Jaquan Johnson, this kid, I mean, you got a front row C. I mean, he, he's a hard hitter. He flies around there. And with Jordan Poyer's, you know, future a little bit uncertain uh, going forward, I mean, there, there's a lot of guys they got to take care of on this defense. Jaquan Johnson could be a guy that they really maybe uh, look to maybe pair with Micah Hyde. And an honorable mention, I would say, is Tommy Sweeney. We saw it a little bit at the front end of the season when Tyler Croft was, was out. I think... It'll be interesting to see how they manage the tight end position going into next season. Tyler Croft, a disappointment between injuries and lack of production mm -hmm. with the high salary. And I've heard the clamoring, and it's come from myself as well. Despite Lee Smith's great presence in that room with young players, the production, in my opinion, just maybe isn't worth it right there. So if you're going to keep three tight ends, I think Tommy Sweeney may be the one that has worked his way into the rotation and with maybe Lee Smith on the outside as we go to 2020. I think it's interesting also, it could mean Tyler Croft is much more expendable Correct. going into next season because the Bills can get out of that contract. But Darnold versus Allen, obviously it wasn't the matchup that had the luster of week one because we knew Josh Allen wasn't going to play very much today. 
But again, I think that we see two quarterbacks at very different places in their career. And I did a radio show after the game today and was asked, like, you know, where I think they kind of rank. And I think right now, if you look at that class, I think you got to put Lamar Jackson in a tier of his own, Josh Allen in a tier, and then Baker Mayfield and um, Sam Darnold in a tier below that. I still think the jury is out on all four of them. I will be interested with Lamar Jackson, who I agree is at this point number one. What happens when the league has an entire offseason and an entire year of film to really scheme against him as mm -hmm. well as what happens if Greg Roman leaves for a head coaching position? But I think it's no coincidence the top two quarterbacks, which I would agree with, have had the most stability of the other ones, where Sam Darnold's had multiple head coaches. Freddie Kitchens just got fired, so Baker Mayfield going to go on yet another head coach, another offensive coordinator, whereas Brian Dable, Sean McDermott, Josh Allen have been paired together. John Harbaugh, Greg Roman, and Lamar Jackson have all been kind of together mm -hmm. for the past two years. I think that stability is something that is wildly underrated for a young quarterback. I'm not willing to say Sam Darnold is not going to be that good. I've seen enough flashes from him to where I think he certainly has the talent. And maybe if Adam Gase is the offensive mind some people seem to think he is, especially those in New York, maybe it will you know, start to turn better for him. But he has not looked good. I would definitely put him at the bottom of the totem pole. And I think they all also have had different speeds of their progression. And their paths have been, been different as well. Josh's, I think, has been a more slow and steady. Lamar just shot up this year. And Baker shot up and shot back down. I think year three is going to be the one that we really can start to develop our opinions. Mm -hmm. So I want to hit the matchup with Houston before we get out of here because I think that's what everybody's mind was on in the locker room. But I want to do kind of like, uh, you know, where we're at. I mean, going into the season, I actually predicted 10 wins. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. But I hey, did nine, and I said no my, playoffs. You could, you could pat me on the back. 10 wins uh, for this Buffalo Bills team, which I thought with a, a really kind of easy schedule, it was going to be a situation where they had the defense and they had enough pieces on offense to kind of make it work. And I think that's what they did. They they made it work. They, they, find the, they found their identity. I think that Pittsburgh Steelers game is the quintessential game of their season because Dallas, everything was working on offense, right? Josh Allen looked great. They had the running game going. But in that Pittsburgh game, they really had to scratch and claw. They had to fight. And in the end, they went, you know, they just got dirty. They didn't turn the ball over, which I think has almost in a lot of ways become who they are as an offense, which is kind of crazy going into the season. I don't think that was <laughs> yeah. thought to be a possibility with Josh Allen. But is this team where you thought it would be or ahead of schedule, which I think many are, are, are saying that they are ahead of schedule? Uh, that's a good question. I actually think they're kind of the team I expected them to be. The outcome is just slightly better than I expected it to be. And I think some of that has to do with the schedule. And when you looked at it, you know, Pittsburgh with Ben Roethlisberger mm -hmm. is certainly a different team than Pittsburgh with Duck Hodges. So maybe that's a game you'd flip a different direction. You maybe expected Dallas to be a tougher game at the beginning of the season. So that's where I slid back more in the nine win range. But Josh Allen performed basically what I expected him to do if he would have played this full game I think he would have maybe gotten close to 3,200 yards and totaling 30 touchdowns he finishes with 29 passing and throwing I think he did that I saw nice progressions from the offense as a whole and the defense was good like we expected it to be but I think this the team as a whole when you look at the future it's it's definitely positive and I think they could definitely win in Houston. Some of my big question marks going into this season were the rookies. Devin Singletary, 
third-round pick, Dawson Knox, third-round pick. You know, at the time, I think a lot of us kind of wide-eyed were like, hmm, what's Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott thinking? They had LaShawn McCoy on the roster at the time. They w just went out in free agency and got Tyler Croft. And then they go get an unproven Dawson Knox who didn't have a touchdown in college and Devin Singletary who, while very, very effective at Florida Atlantic, was in a crowded backfield with Frank Gore. And you just didn't really know where the how the pieces fit together. But I think with the way that those two guys have played this season, Again, more kudos to Brandon Bean. I think I feel like I'm always giving him, you know, high marks for what he's done. But really, he's hit a lot of these decisions out of the park. You're starting to see that his vision is just different than the rest of ours. He sees so much more broad and mm -hmm. farther down the line than any of us seem to do. It didn't surprise me they took a running back. It surprised me they took one in the third round when there was wide receiver needs that at the time we thought were far more glaring. But he just knew that this was a great value pick, and he knew that maybe it was the best for a young team and a young running back to purge itself of a guy like LaShawn McCoy. And then you see a tight end position. Yeah, you did Tyler Croft, but we know Brandon's philosophy is best player available and understanding that you can never have too much depth at a position. And who knows what Tyler Croft is because he was never the main guy even in Cincinnati. So you're right. You're starting to see that Brandon Bean's decision-making is almost unquestioned. You mm -hmm. can, you're, it's not like he's 100%, but I think when he makes a move that maybe at the time doesn't necessarily make complete sense to outsiders, you, you trust the process and you let it play out because as you're starting to see through a couple of years, those moves that didn't make sense at the time, ultimately, once the leaves clear, do make sense. You know, I really said all week that I love this Houston matchup for the Bills because two things. One, you go back to last season, how they played against Deshaun Watson and company. Will Fuller was in the lineup last year, likely to miss this game as he tries to come back from injury. And also, you have that lingering feeling from that New England game where the Bills defense really got outclassed. Over 400 yards on, uh, of total offense by the Patriots for a Patriots offense that was struggling going into that game. And the Bills have only given up 400 plus yards this season to two teams, the Cowboys and the Patriots. So I think that they're going to be motivated to go into Houston, make a statement, and I love the matchup of Josh Allen against that defense, even with J.J. Watt coming back, because let's be honest, conditioning-wise, I just don't think he's going to be there. I just go back to, and I didn't watch the game because the Patriots game, we were getting ready for that a week ago, but Jameis Winston throws three interceptions in the first half, and it's 17-17 at halftime. They don't. One of them was a pick six, so the offense couldn't even produce a lot of points off of those turnovers. A highly talented offense, no doubt about it. Their offensive line is suspect, and but they just don't seem to produce the way that they should with all of those great things. On top of the fact, you mentioned the Patriots racking up the yards, the Cowboys racking up the yards. They didn't necessarily rack up the points. Right. And so we haven't seen, we've seen under Leslie Frazier, the Bills sometimes have a tendency to allow a bunch of yards. It's kind of a bend, don't break, but the red zone defense is very good and they hold teams to field goals more so than they hold them to touchdowns. So I think ultimately it's a very good matchup and I agree with you. I think the Texans defense is certainly one that can be had. And I think Josh Allen was gonna maybe have a full circle moment to where that's where he got hurt and he thinks getting hurt on top of the Patriots game this year. Those are like the two main moments of his early career's turning points. We saw him come back from the injury and play much better. And I think it'll be a, a nice storyline of him returning to the place he got hurt. And let's see how much strides he's taken. Because before he got hurt, he looked pretty bad. Let's be honest. <laughs> right. And and today I feel like 
there was a message sent with the inactives. You know, I think Devin Singletary and Dawson Knox, two guys that they valued, that I think need to have a big impact in this game. Because, you know, Josh Allen, it would be funny. There's so many things, you know, back and forth we talk about with Josh Allen. The no 300-yard games and, you know, just a lot of times where you go through a half and he's still, he's under 25 yards passing. This could be the opportunity against a really bad defense to kind of take that next step. And I'm interested to see who carries the day. And if both sides of the ball can show up and perform on the same day because I feel like going back throughout the season that hasn't happened a whole lot where both sides of the ball showed up and played to their their best capability on the same day but it's also interesting standing in the stadium right now six and two on the road for this Bills team four and four at home which is kind of crazy for a team that you know talks about defending its dirt and you know obviously circumstances but all in all I think a very exciting season and I think the mojo that this team has going into the playoffs, they can make some noise. And it's a different feel than two years ago. Two years ago in 2017, the sheer shock of how they got in there, that team was not expected to be good. But even once they got in there, I thought they could beat Jacksonville, and frankly, they should have. But you just knew that the foundation of the team that made the playoffs that year was not one that was going to be sustained moving forward. I think this feels more like a jumping-off point for a franchise that has built itself properly and it has its key pieces in place like a Josh Allen, like a Tremaine Edmonds, Devin Singletary, Tredavious White. So this has more of a feel of this is just the appetizer for what could be the beginning of a pretty big meal. And that doesn't mean they have to beat Houston. It doesn't mean they have to beat this, make it to the Super Bowl or win multiple games. This is a far bigger and better learning experience for this football team moving forward than 2017. And to me, that is the best thing for this football team because win or lose, it's going to be valuable, which I don't necessarily feel was the case in 2017. Guys, thank you so much all season long joining us at nyupsyracuse.com for the ride. Uh, check out all of his work. He's at John Scott TV on Twitter, uh, Spectrum News Sports. And we will have you covered next week, Houston Texans playoff week. Sounds pretty good for you guys uh, in Bill's Mafia. Uh, for Matt Perino, John Scott, we're out of here. They're going to shut the lights off on us in a minute. <laughs> Thanks, my man.